Welcome to the USA Hockey Magazine podcast, the voice of hockey in America, with your host, Harry Thompson, editor of USA Hockey Magazine. Well, we're here at the National Hockey Coaches Symposium, day two, and Jeff Blaschels, the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings, just got off the stage from his presentation. So we got a couple minutes with Jeff. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, I, I just wanted to. Uh, last time we talked was a couple years ago at the Level Five in, in Las Vegas, and you were you were coaching in Grand Rapids. Now you're obviously the coach of the Detroit Red Wings. What's the biggest change for you uh, in terms of going from being the head coach of the of the Griffins to being the head coach of the uh, Red Wings? I think I, I honestly would say more similarities than differences. And the one thing I've learned over the years is is um, no matter the level, uh, the principles of coaching uh, remain the same. What's been important to you, what was important to me when I was coaching uh, the Indiana Ice in the, in the USHL, uh, what was important to me when I was coaching Western Michigan, when I was coaching Grand Rapids, is the same things that are important to me today. Now, the delivery might be a little bit different, but really it's not much. The demands are the same. Um, you have to hold your players accountable, um, and then you have to put them in positions to, to be successful and help them be the very best they can be, and, and those things aren't, aren't any different uh, at the NHL level. The, the one difference that that is uh, that is factual is the schedule is different and so how you format your practices how hard and how long is different but other than that I think the principles remain the same you, it was interesting to listen to you talk today because you you were talking about how you went to a, an Indian Indiana, Indianapolis Colts practice and how how choreographed it was and how it was down to the second and that you're trying to do a lot of the same things uh, with the Red Wings. It's interesting because you think about how expensive ice is at the youth hockey level and those guys try to get the most out of their 50 minutes and you're trying to do the exact same thing. Yeah, 100%. And, and it's not necessarily, we, we could practice for three hours, but then you lose. It's not a successful practice. It's not as uh, is, is efficient to practice as you need. And so from my perspective, it's about efficiency. And, and I think when you're able to not have any delay, when every coach knows what they're doing, um, when, you can, when you can move from thing to thing, when when you can utilize your coaching staff uh, to, to make the, the groups that you're coaching smaller in a station-based type situation, you have a way better chance of success, less standing around, uh, you're able to keep the focus at a, at a much higher level. And then when you uh, multiply that with the fact that in, in youth you're dealing with a, a, a certain time window, it becomes critical. And, I, and, you know, the one thing I said today that was the challenge each coach. I know it's harder at times at the youth level when you're volunteering uh, and you have another job to be as prepared and organized as possible. But... I do think it's it's doable, and I think it makes the world a difference to the efficiency of your practice and how much you actually get out of practice and how much your players develop. Well, it's interesting you say that because you think about one of the cornerstones of the of the American development model that, that they've really tried to incorporate with coaches around the country is, is that station-based practice where there's a lot less standing around where you know, one kid's doing a drill and the other six or seven are, are standing around. So, so it obviously that sounds like it's it's something that's good at the youth level and it's good at the at the pro level as well. It's good at the NHL level. I think, you know, I think invariably when guys are standing around, their minds are wandering. They don't want to waste time. The one thing at the NHL level, the players, they don't want to waste any time. They'll do anything for you as long as you're not wasting their time. And, and so if you run slow practices where there's lots of standing around, they don't see that they're benefiting from it. They have to believe that they're getting better uh, for them to get uh, for you to get the maximum effort out of them so I think it goes hand in hand with what USA Hockey's done I've been a big believer in station based and small games coaching for a long time I just think it's a no-brainer the the less numbers that you're dealing with the easier it is to be able to teach and so if you can break those numbers down it's just going to make it that much easier.
That was another interesting thing that you mentioned today in your in your presentation about how much your guys love small area games. I found that is you know when I went to Grand Rapids, it was the first time I was a head coach and pro, and so I wasn't sure how they do if they if they'd like it, not like it. They loved it. It was the number one thing that, that the players talked about at the end of the year, uh, my years in Grand Rapids, is how much they love the small area games, and we've carried that forward to the NHL. Uh, I think you can teach lots of great habits. I think you can help improve skill. Um, it's not just for fun, although they have fun doing it. And so if you can combine fun uh, with getting better, that's the best environment you can have to teach. And, and so you know, we've done lots of it. It's competitive. Um, we always put something on the line, maybe a little skate or, or something like that. And it's a big part of our practices every single day. I know we've talked about this the last time we, we spoke a couple of years ago. Uh, being here, I mean, obviously you're giving up some of your valuable uh, summer vacation, which obviously as a, as a head coach is very is very short and precious to you, but being here at a level five, what does it mean to you? Oh, I think it's it's great. Um, the, the opportunity to share ideas is a powerful thing. Um, I spoke about that off the onset today. Uh, you know, I've got to sit in here and listen to people I wouldn't normally be able to hear and, and be able to t- take some of what they've had to say and potentially apply it to uh, my own philosophies and my own coaching. And, and I also think uh, USA Hockey um, has been a great, great organization for myself, uh, both from when I was a youth player through coaching. They've done lots and lots of things for me. I want USA Hockey to be the best federation in the world. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big, big supporter of USA Hockey, and if I can come and help that in a small way, I'd certainly want to do that as much as possible. Speaking of USA Hockey and what it's doing, uh, um, obviously recently hired uh, somebody you know very well, Phil Ozer, mm-hmm. to kind of oversee our goaltending development. And uh, as a former goaltender yourself, how excited are you to see USA Hockey putting a lot of emphasis on on developing more goalies. Oh, I think it's critical. I think um, you know it, it started a while ago with Joe Exter when he when he started the, kind of the national goalie coach, and now Phil's taken another position that that USA Hockey's expanded in the Stralo camp for both men and women. Um, uh, they've made it. They being USA Hockey's made it a priority. Um, it, it has to be a priority. Uh, it is a position that a lot of people feel uncomfortable coaching, but I'm a big believer that anybody can coach it. You just have to learn how to coach it. So if Phil can help in teaching the teachers, uh, then the goaltending in this country will continue to excel like it has in the last number of years. Absolutely. I just wanted to ask you a couple questions about uh, with the Red Wings. The first is is just, uh, obviously the Red Wings have a, have a great history, especially in the last, I don't know, 20 years or whatever of, of, of so much success. Uh, coming into that position, taking over as the head coach, did it give you any more pressure that you had to, to deal with, or is, is pressure just something that you uh, it just comes with the job. The pressure comes with coaching the Detroit Red Wings. There's no question about it, and and that was something that I welcomed when I took the job. I I'd rather go to a place where the where the, the fan base has the passion, the owners have the passion to win, the management has the passion to win that ours do, and you'd much rather be in that type of environment than in one where there isn't the passion. Sure, there'd be less pressure, but you wouldn't have the same passion. Uh, every day that I get the opportunity to coach the Detroit Red Wings, I think is a great honor. Um, you walk in the Joe Louis Arena. I think we've done a good job of accentuating our history, uh, as I've said to our guys at camp uh, last year, um, lots of teams have history, but very few teams have the history of success that Detroit Red Wings do, and I, t- I take it as a great honor to coach them. And, and then the two players I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on, one one is Dylan Larkin, obviously had a phenomenal uh, rookie season, uh, 
just uh, what you know, just what kind of a player he is and what kind of a person he is. Yeah, you know, Dylan had a great year, and and he certainly exceeded uh, expectations. Um, the one thing that I've tried to do is make sure that we caution how higher expectations go. Um, he's got a lot of work. His expectations now have risen to a to a degree that he's got lots of work to mat to meet them. But he's the type of person and player that has the opportunity to do it. I've always said I think he's the type of player that's going to maximize his potential, whatever that is. I don't know what his ceiling is yet. Um, he'll determine that through his work. He has an extraordinary work ethic. Uh, he spends tons of time getting better. He wants to get better. He's a sponge for hockey and he's a really grounded person. He was given, uh, he was in the limelight a lot this year and I thought he handled it very well. I know his teammates like him a lot. I know that uh, they think he's a great, great young guy um, and we're going to be there to support him in every way possible. And speaking of speaking of hard workers, just your thoughts on uh, Justin Albuquerque obviously making the the U.S. World Cup team, what that says about about him as a player and a person and his work ethic. Yeah, you know, I've known Justin since he was 16 years old. I coached him at a national festival twice as a 16, 17-year-old. I've watched Justin work extremely hard uh, uh, going back to that age all the way through now. Uh, he brings a, an effort level every day. He's a really, really good hockey player, and I was very, very um, pleased on two standpoints that he made the U.S. World Cup team. One, for Justin's sake, and two, for our country's sake. I think he's going to represent our country great. Great. And then my last question, uh, somebody wanted me to ask you this, is is uh, when you were growing up, uh, who were some of the coaches that, that kind of maybe helped shape you as a player, as a person that, that really had some kind of an impact and maybe that you've kind of tried to model some of your, your coaching habits after? Two guys that uh, had the biggest impact on me outside of my parents when I was growing up uh, were two of my coaches in the suit, uh, Bob Brown and John Ferroni, and they had an, an extreme impact on me as an individual. Uh, I would say at one point I was a little bit of a baby, and they, they molded me into a young man. Um, and then as I went through uh, my playing career, I got to play under Bob Ferguson, who was at Des Moines, and, and Bob Daniels, who was at Ferris State, and certainly had big impacts. But I'd also say, and I won't name all the names, but everybody I've had the opportunity to, to coach with, to coach under, and to coach uh, and, to, and to be their boss. I've learned from every single one of those. I've had real, real big impacts on my career, and I'm very thankful for those uh, relationships. That's great. Well, conversely, we're real thankful that you would, uh, not only came here to St. Louis for the Level 5, but that you took a couple minutes to talk to us. Thanks so much, Jeff. No problem. Thanks. You've been listening to another USA Hockey Magazine podcast, produced by Norman Hayward and Mark Burns. Be sure to follow us at usahockeymagazine.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening.